<laughs> we work hard so you can get hard. That's a lot. Woo! I'm sure that was consensual. It was fucking Carl! Hey guys, uh, it's Alec and Dalton. We're here to talk about strictly ball business uh, here in the NBA. Uh, it's the off season, but plenty to talk about as Colin Sexton's looking for a new home. And there are teams on the rise that we want to talk about. One of them today is the Houston Rockets. We're going to uh, project what they're going to be like five years out from now. And then a bit more of just what's going on in today. Who are the top five leaders of today's league? And then uh, back to the future, we'll do a couple deep dives on a couple of our favorite players in the league, Tyrese Halberton and Evan Mobley. We believe they're next up uh, to be all-stars, and we're going to tell you why. So uh, to start out here today, Strictly Ball Business, we are projecting what the Houston Rockets are going to be five years from now. So the year is 2022. It's going to be uh, 2023 at the end of this season. But we're projecting out five years from now, so 27, 28. Where do you think they're going to be at? I don't think they're going to be as well off as the Pistons, actually, from our last video. I was thinking about it, and I was looking at the talent they have. And, you know, we still need to see a lot of growth before we can really say it. But um, to start off, I mean, the standings-wise, I had them uh, – I had them like very much like the Kings this year is just kind of fighting for a, a playing spot with it. They have a few good guys that are really talented, but I don't see them further in that. Plus they're in the West. So it's going to be a lot Man, harder. If they were fighting for a playing spot this year, that would be incredible. I, well, I don't, I do not see them even getting close to that. Not this year, five years and five years, oh, five years from now. Oh yeah. man. Oh wow. Yeah. They better be better than that at that point. But I suppose. Well, You'd uh, like to think, but I mean, realistically, you look at teams like, I mean, that was the peak. Yeah. Basically, a play-in team was the peak for the Magic, and that was like the peak of their build, <laughs> rebuild. Yeah, so. but the Magic never had a top five or top three pick during that rebuild. Like, their highest pick was Aaron Gordon, mm-hmm. who was like and the Alfred. fourth. And, yeah, and then like Alfred. So that, you know, those were kind of the guys they were building that, that rebuild around. Whereas the Rockets, they've got Jalen Green we know is a stud he's gonna be a certified scorer in this league no problem bucket getter uh every night um it's his defense that you know we got to see what's going to happen there but they also drafted jabari smith which we um had agreed for most of the draft process that he was the safest pick in the draft and mm-hmm. that's because of his shooting and his defensive capabilities so i definitely see this team as uh one that can get a lot better than a playing team and I hope five years from now, they're being like a sixth seed, maybe a seventh seed. And they're looking at bringing someone in to help out, um, you know, their guys accelerate further. Might even be before then that they bring that type of guy in. But you, we'll see. Like, you got to capitalize while you have Jalen Green so cheap and you got Jabari Smith so cheap. But this video would be a lot easier for us to make if, like, it was after this season and we already knew what Jabari Smith looked like. Um, yeah. But we just haven't we haven't really seen that yet. So like if he plays this year and he looks phenomenal and we're convinced like, OK, this guy is going to be a really good player in this league. Then this, you know, projections probably change a lot on your side, too. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, so I have uh, player comparisons for I mainly did the there's four young talents that I really think could do be something more than they are on this team. And uh, spoiler alert, Kevin Porter is not one of them. 
I don't. Uh, I, he was on our last year. Last year we did young talent. We were high on him. We were super excited to see what happened. I mean, like people argue like 15 points a game, but he's still it was highly inefficient. And Jalen Green was more efficient than him, and it was Jalen Green's rookie year. So, uh, but so Jabari, I see him in five years being a Jaron Jackson Jr. Less on defense, more on offense. So the jump shooter, but he's still there defensively, just not like a defensive player of the year candidate like um, Jaron Jackson was. So I see him being as that caliber of player in five years. Um, I was looking at all of his summer league uh, highlights, watching the film. I mean, very little playmaking he has. He fits well into an offense where he can just like give him the ball and score, but he gets overwhelmed easy on defense. Uh, he makes stupid fouls and he'll make the bad pass when he gets overwhelmed. I see him in five years from what I saw in summer league as a fourth tier, like, uh, could make an all, could make a few all-star games, 16 to 18 point per game score. I I didn't see that superstar potential that, that I saw in like Paolo or Chet in uh summer league. That, that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's my analysis of Jabari. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we can write him off as that. I think like he could certainly turn out to be like a Chris Middleton type of player. Okay. I think he could also end up as like a Tobias Harris. I think um, there's possibilities there. Either way, I think he's going to be a solid scorer in this league. Anytime mm-hmm. that you're an efficient three-point shooter from um, that position being that big, I think that you're going to have a, a long uh, career in this league so we'll see what turns out for the rest of his game and i think his defense is a big question mark even though like potential sure it's there the size is great the speed is great um you know he seems versatile to be able to guard multiple positions but we got to see it um we did see more out of chet and out of paulo in those summer league games how much stock do i put into that um, I don't know. I got I got to see him play some some games against uh, real league guys too. Yeah, I mean, don't like me comparing him to Jaron Jackson more on offense, less on defense. Wasn't like a that's all he's gonna be. Is Jer- we still can see I mean, a lot out of Jaron? Like, I think he's Jaron Jackson though. I think I just think he's gonna have a slower development than a lot of the other players where they're gonna come out and uh, produce right away. I think he could get he could most certainly get to Chris Middleton. I think he could be better than Chris Middleton. It's just in five years, I see him being... If in five years, he's a player like Jared Jackson, I don't see anything wrong with that. Jared Jackson's the second best player on the Grizzlies, arguably. Oh, yeah, I got no issues with that. Jared Jackson's a great player. Like, if he turns out for that to be, like, his best capabilities, like, like that wouldn't be bad either, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but uh, one get super... That, get that alongside Jalen Green, so... Oh, yeah. The su- so, one superstar is J- Jalen Green. I really do think he's going to be a superstar. I had him, I have them all on tier lists, and I had him on a second tier. So a superstar, but not. I'm not convinced he can be a number one on a championship team yet. Uh, in five years, I think he'll be that second tier Bradley Beal level, Bradley Beal, uh, I don't know, uh, Clay Thompson level player, where he has to be the number two or Anthony Davis type, where they could be that number two. Uh, his defense, I think he'll always struggle um, just because of his size and his uh, arm length and everything. He's limited by his capabilities, just small and skinny type guy. But I think he is an active player on defense, much like Colin Sexton. So I think uh, once if he gets some good coaching and good players around him, his defense will show out to be better. Um, I had him 
and this is this is like the best most accurate i can give him uh so hopefully people don't think i'm saying he's shitty but he's such his own type of player it's hard to find a comparison but buddy healed times three but with a great inside downhill game that's what i have him as and like take it what you will like buddy healed is a great shooter in this league but times three like i think he's going to be able to i think he is like a full he's what we've seen the steph curry effect is he's just going to take so many threes he can do it inside he can run downhill super athletic type guy which buddy Heald doesn't have at all but he, i think he's just going to be able to yeah. do it there what do you think i mean yeah if he can shoot exactly what buddy Heald does which is 40 percent on 10 threes a game plus having the inside game like that's already superstar type of play mm -hmm. <laughs> like like he's going to be a high usage player so he's going to have plenty of opportunities so definitely can see him getting to that um and like he's going to be the alpha on this team like everybody else is going to follow him they spent their highest draft pick they've had on him they started the rebuild um you know really with him like he's the guy so um jabari smith like as great as he'll probably be he's gonna be like the jalen brown to jason tatum instead like well i guess it's not the greatest comparison because brown did get drafted first but yeah. um you know well, nonetheless i, I, think I do think the robin in the story yeah i do think he's gonna be a the perfect robin for someone uh I mean, maybe he'll come out next year and we'll see. Oh, no, he's he's the dog. He's number one. But from what we saw last year based off, I do think he's, he's going to be that Robin. Uh, because also, one great thing about him is how good he is off ball. He's one of the most active players, always running, always moving off ball, like very Steph Curry-like. So I think that's super valuable to have where you can just literally – you can it limit – it doesn't limit you in the draft to the point where you're like, oh, he has to have the ball. I mean, he's going to get his touches. But like you can you can get a ball dominant point guard if you want that needs the ball because uh he can do it. Like he can run off ball, he'll get what he needs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like um if they end up getting a different point guard, like that's someone that they can bring in as a veteran later on in this rebuild. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows who that's gonna end up being at that point, but guarantee that they'll have their eyes on someone that can really steer the ship and get everybody else's asses in line because Kevin Porter Jr. seems like a good player and all, but I think he'd be best even as like a sixth man. So you probably just hang on to him as long as you can with Houston, knowing that like no other team really cares to bring him in and you try to make him your sixth man and bring in a veteran as your point guard. Yeah, I saw like I didn't do a formal uh, breakdown of Kevin Porter Jr., but uh, I figured we'd talk about it. And I fit my player comparison to him is like a Devonte Graham. Uh, a peak Devonte Graham to uh, Dennis Schroeder, where they're super effective six man can come and run an offense in and out, start him like that. I think he's going to be like that. I just don't think he's the point guard of the Rockets' future. I don't think he should be. Um, is there any point guards coming up in this next draft that's superstar? I haven't even looked up at the, the scouting report. I don't really, yeah, I don't really know much of the prospects outside of Victor at all. <laughs> oh yeah, but. Victor's the big, the big take, which yeah, they could sure use. One. Which gets into like their best big man right now, now that Christian Wood is gone, is Alper and Shangun, who I'm super excited to see more of because he didn't get that much playing time just because he needed a lot more conditioning. But he certainly uh, can do a lot. I mean, he needs more physical on offense and rebounding. He's He could get grab rebounds. He's just lost his placement under the basket and everything when I was watching the film. Um, 
he gets timid when he's posted posted on the basket he'll have like near wide open looks or he can easily hook over someone but he just kind of like he just looks timid under there so he'll miss the shot he doesn't get enough power underneath it but uh loses placement uh i put him as a fifth tier role player uh fits offense so i had him kind of as like a christos Porzingis, not much on defense um when you lost the height but he's more mobile more stable no, more stable he doesn't look so clumsy on his feet as uh Porzingis did Porzingis now is what i'm saying he's gonna be he can yeah be. i mean if he could get that good that would be interesting i don't think he's uh really shown enough as a shooter for me to be believing him on that front but um I, i'd love to see him develop that hopefully in five years that is something he has i think uh in five years alperin sangoon um is out of the league that's my prediction but um i'd love to be wrong i, I really liked him coming uh out of the draft and um i think there's definitely potential there but that's my prediction is he's gonna be out of the league but yeah, I mean, what impressed me was uh, how smart he was. He's a very smart player. He knew all defensive rotations and stuff. He's still limited by his size, and he's kind of a stubby guy. But um, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, that guy. I do think that'll be his peak. I don't think he'll get better than yeah. a fifth-tier role player that could – fifth-tier essentially being – like, you could probably yeah. start – No, he won't be out of the league. I, I was about that. No, I think, right. uh, I think I think he might not be on this team, though. I think there's a possibility that he's on a different team. Um I think definitely he's got some post scoring abilities. I really liked what I've seen from him on that end. Like his footwork's really good. Um, so definitely think things can work out, but they need somebody to stabilize that offense. Cause they I just do. don't think he's going to get enough looks. Yeah. I, that's another reason I thought they were going to be the worst in the West this year, just cause they don't have anybody to still hold out. You, you like to think it was Kevin Porter, but it's not. So, so it's just, no one's running this offense, yeah. but so it's uh, just a mess. Yep. The last guy I wanted to get into, and he's kind of just an afterthought, which I think there's some potential there, and I'd like to see more out of him. I don't um, hope he gets minutes. Is Ty Ty Washington? We talked about oh, him coming yeah. into this uh, into this about the Wolves drafting him, which wouldn't have mattered anyway. But um, he pushes the pace, great in pick and roll. He can pair really well with Shangun. A lot of what he did was uh, creating space off pick and roll, and I do I see a lot of confidence at that and. Um, might be he a good could place end up to... being the starter. Yeah, I mean they can swap him in and out. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he's a he was very inefficient in summer league, but a lot of players are inefficient in summer league. That's not the highest. But five year. years down the line, he could end up being the starter. I think he needs a couple of years of seasoning. I think uh, potential is definitely there as uh, you know a speedy and elusive guy um, leading your your five man group can can really work out sometimes. So I don't know. Maybe that's a guy to keep an eye keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, one thing I liked about him was he could confidently command the, that offense in summer league. So he was really a point guard that was worth having around. I mean, he was, like I said, he was inefficient, but he was able to create space. So all it takes is him to start knocking down those shots. Suddenly, suddenly he's getting eyes, uh, a lot more eyes. So I think he could be uh, really a steal in this draft. I can't wait to see what he can do. Oh, yeah. No, we'll, we'll definitely see, man. Um, but we've talked a lot about the Rockets. I don't know. You got anything else to say on these guys? Um you thought you think five years from now they're playing team though yeah um, i mean i think it's worth mentioning jay sean tate but in five years he's going to be 31 i don't think he's going to be on this team in five years he's a he's a good piece i think he'll end up being on a decent team i just not just not this team yeah what about um bruno fernando what about Ken, kenyan martin jr kenyan martin jr is he still on this team 
Oh, he, yeah, he was on last year. Eh, I don't know. I mean, eight points a game last season. I don't know. Well, no prediction. Uh, is he out of the league? In no, or... Yeah, I, I say out of the league. I, I don't oh, see him out. sticking around that long. Even uh, Oh, man. I, nothing I impressive. I think, I think the nepotism um, helps out and that keeps players along further. So even if he did get worse, like it's not going to matter because he's got the nepotism and give him another longer uh, leash. Fair enough, I guess. <laughs> it's but, facts and you know it. Um, right. But yeah, let's move on. Uh, we've talked enough Rockets. Um, we'll go ahead and put that in our pocket for the next time. <laughs> okay. Um, we are going to talk Colin Sexton trades, okay? So we are tired of him being on the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have bushwhacked our boy. They offered him a three-year, $40 million contract. Absolute dog shit offer for our boy. Uh, so where does he need to go? Where's your number uh, five spot that you think um, is most likely for him to end up? Or that well, you want him to go? How do you three. rank it? I had I didn't put landing spots. I have three trades. That, three uh, trades. Signing oh. trades. That, uh, oh my I, bad. I, I don't know why I said five. We were talking last five or at next five years of Rockets. So my mind was on that. And we have a so, ranking five after this. I get it. Fives are everywhere. Fives are five. Uh but right now he's got three trade proposals, ladies and gents. Let's hear the first one. Alright, so a lot of people might think I'm selling him low on these, but like you have, it's a sign and trade, and he's already like declined uh the extension that they offered. So I don't think uh, they're going to have much choice in certain matters to on what they get back. So first trade, Cavaliers. Colin Sexton's going to the Wizards for Will Barton and Rui Hachimura. What do you think? Who says no? Um, I think the Cavs would say no if they could. I mean, I don't. I think they could find something better than that. Yeah. But however, but Rui's not bad. To be fair, I guess Rui's not bad. Uh, he adds a lot of inside presence that you get. I mean, he's not the best, most fleshed out prospect, but he is something back that uh, that I wouldn't be too mad if I uh, lost Colin Sexton. I'm sure they'd want to pick back for Colin Sexton. Is he um, a better prospect than Isaac Okoro? Uh, Rui. Yeah. Is he a better pro- prospect than uh, uh, Isaac Okoro? I think he has done more in this league than Isaac Okoro. Um, But I do see, I see aspects of Isaac that can be more valuable on a championship team. Yeah, I think uh, that's the question that the Cavs just need to ask themselves if they're bringing in a a guy that's going to take some of Okoro's minutes. Yeah, well, plus I think you're, uh, I mean, Rui's a power forward. uh, Okoro's a wing. Um, but I mean, Rui can play. He plays the three and four. Isaac plays the two and three. But uh, I think yeah. So the big, I think Will Barton would be a great vet to have on this team. I think he kind of fills a lot of holes where because we've talked about how Will Barton's just an all around. He's good at everything, uh, just not great at everything. And I think that's something they could really uh, use some stability, um, some stability scoring on defense. Just another vet to have there. I mean, they had they have Ricky Rubio. They have Rondo who's great vets to have. And I think he's just adding to that where they can still lean into Karis playing that two or Isaac playing the two and Karis off the six. I think he's a valuable three to have. I honestly would rather have Will Barton play the three than Laurie Markkinen for this team. Well, I don't think defensively Will Barton's going to give you much at the three, but 
better than I, Lori. I, at least you got some length from Lori. Yeah, but I mean, Lori's also pretty slow. So like, in a if you're facing the Warriors in a fast-paced environment, Lori's not gonna he's not doing much for you on defense because it's so because it's all full court press type. Uh, you're running and he's just slower. He's not gonna keep up. Where Will Barton can't can it will keep up. It's yeah. just uh, he adds a small ball option for them and add more versatility. Yeah, I mean, he's a good go. scorer. He can definitely help them in spurts. Uh, but he's like a he's gonna be a bench player. Like I would not be starting. Uh, Will Barton. Yeah. And on the Wizards side, next to Bradley Beal, you're still lacking a point guard where, I mean, who they who do they have now? Mar- Morris. Um, they got Monte Morris. Monte Morris. Monte Morris is probably going to be their starting point guard. If they did this, yeah. it would kind of push Beal to the three, which is fine. Beal's 6'6". Um, he, he, it's, he's fine. If Anthony Edwards could play the three, he can. He's just, Beal's just not the best defensive player, but I think that adds like that's a really versatile uh, front uh, backcourt with uh, Morris, Sexton, and uh, Beal. I'd be excited to see the offense that comes out of that. Uh, yeah, and they need scores around uh, Beal because like he can't do it all every night. Yeah, your second much. second best score is Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, like, they need getting, help. Getting a guy like Colin Sexton would definitely help. Like I'm sure um, the Wizards are wishing that. Spencer Dinwiddie played like he did in Dallas, like in uh, yeah. in Washington. Yeah, yeah. Granted, he's a six man because he listened to your boy, who said six man Din- Dinwiddie is the best. He did. He's he watched this and he's like, that fucking nerd's got know. a point. <laughs> I didn't know Dinwiddie was here. He must be lurking. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he, he, he's listening. He should comment below, Dinwiddie. I want I want to prove everyone wrong. Um, yes. but to jump into my second trade. So this is a straight up Cavaliers Jazz. Uh, they get the Cavaliers give Colin Sexton. Uh, Jazz give Bogdan Bogdanovich. Now that's a real three you could have off ball. He can go around, give you your fifteen points a night, uh, give you some decent defense. Uh, it's a, it's only straight up because it's a sign and trade. People forget how little people get back for a sign and trade. So to yeah. get this back would be great. And plus, the, uh, it just adds more versatility to the lineup. Just like a, I think they're looking for a small forward, not a shooting guard, because of uh, I, I, O'Carroll did well and Karis Levert's there. So I think they are looking for a small forward. Yeah, I think that makes sense for the Cavs, but I think the Jazz would say no. You think the Jazz can do better than Colin Sexton for Bogdan Bogdanovich? I this think is assuming they want to be gone. terrible, and they would rather trade Bogdanovich if they can and they'll just wait till they can get a pick package for him i don't know how many picks uh bogdanovich is going to get them honestly just because how he has uh regressed in the last few years and i think if they could get uh colin sexton back that doesn't mean he's going to win them games they they're they've kind of found their replacement for donovan mitchell not that he's going to get then they have to pay colin sexton big money which if you're a rebuilding team there's no reason to do that yeah he's a he has guaranteed skill i mean like the Magic are rebuilding, and they paid uh, Isaac, uh, Jonathan Isaac, and Markel Fultz, and Wendell Carter. Different well, no, situations, I would argue. Um, they did I that going into Colin, the rebuild. Colin Sexton, like you trade, you sign him, you trade for him. You know he's already spent a few years in the league losing. You think he wants to spend more years losing for Utah? Like, what's he gonna do at the end of that contract if they're not winning games? It's gonna be like, yeah, I just really want to be somewhere we're gonna win games i'm gonna to go to la or miami so i mean you can look at it like that 
yeah, at most they could get a first for Bogdanovich from the Cavs. So let's just use it for this. So you look at, would you rather have a mid twenties pick? Uh, say it's 20, uh, 2024, 2025, because they're going to be in the playoffs. I think the Cavs are going to be in the playoffs for a while. Are you going to have a mid, would you rather have a mid twenties pick or Colin Sexton? They're going to have to pay somebody like nobody. They never go in and not pay anybody. Like they usually they get uh, all teams, whether they're rebuilding or have no one on their team left. Anyway, they still stay around the cap. So they're going to have to pay someone. And I think they would rather pay Colin Sexton and they'd rather have, yeah, but they him. don't need to do long contracts. Like they would rather have the draft pick. I would argue. I yeah. definitely think like, um, Colin Sexton, definitely a great player. I love him. I want to see him play. Um, but like, he's just going to play meaningless basketball on the, on the Utah jazz. And like, if they trade for him, he's going to add like a couple wins to their team, but not enough to make the playoffs. So what's the reason for adding him when you could just like stockpile draft picks and then, you know, get about the same amount of wins, probably, probably the same amount of revenue or, or actually probably no, you would get more revenue because not giving out that big contract maybe you pay someone else for i don't know the single year but then you trade that guy later on in the season you save some more money at least in the later back half of the season and then well, you know I'm, um you you develop the guys that you have and see what you got there i mean they don't have that many young talent anyway and it does he is a very exciting player like he is he does bring excitement and they do still have to sell tickets so they don't want to be especially a small market. Does it fit their like window, though? I think he fits a lot of people. I, I don't think he's going to affect anyone's rebuild as bad. I don't think he's going to help them win games, but he is a young talent that can get better and is exciting and can score. He's a nice piece to have, so I say I might as well have him in there. I mean, it's not keeping Bogdanovich isn't going to help do them any much better. So, and he's on a Bogdanovich is on an expiring deal. Yeah, which is why uh, he'll be easier to trade for picks this year than any other year. Um, I think no, I think that, that that's the opposite. If he was on more uh, a longer, he's not a bad contract, Bogdanovich. So if he was on a two, he was three, definitely two. considered the bad contract like last season with like two years on his contract. No one wanted to trade for that, but like with one year on it, if he plays well, and then you just rent him for the back half of the season. You know, some teams will sign up for that. Yeah, but nobody's gonna give picks for a guy who's on a one uh, who's expiring like that. They'll give like a protected first round. I think the size of his contract and the one year cancel each other out. I don't think I think it's gonna be have to be matching matching salaries for anyone to pick him up. Well, they'll you know, they'll take back some shitty contracts. Alright. We'll we'll move on know. to my you my last goes. is uh the Cavaliers and the Hornets. So Colin Sexton okay. and Dean Wade and the Cavs get so Hornets get Colin Sexton, Dean Wade, and Terry Rozier goes to the Cavs. Nice. Do you think Colin Sexton is better than Terry Rozier? No, but he's gonna make less money and he's gonna ask for less money. Hmm. Plus, I, think he want, I thought he plus, wanted a lot still. He's still more, and plus he fits Lamelo better because he's more off ball, and Rozier is a very is more of on ball type player. Sure, yeah, he Which, probably does fit better. That's fair. Yeah, but you can make the, an argument that the Cavs don't want an on ball guy. But I do think if he came in, I think another playmaker next to uh, Darius Garland is fine. He plays. He 
he definitely plays better. Uh, Rosier plays better defense. Uh, Colin Sexton's a better shooter. So, I, I mean, they kind of fit different different veins there. So, they could want more defense next to LaMelo, but LaMelo's pretty decent defensively himself. So, I think an off-ball type cutter, shooter, and just that energetic guy next to LaMelo, I think Colin would love playing with him. So, I think that yeah. it would be a great fit. And Rosier yeah, I mean, can help the Cavs win now. Yeah, I think um, it'd be an interesting swap. Definitely, um, I think Rozier's been in Charlotte for a few years now, so maybe like just getting a new guy in there is good for them. Just mm -hmm. switch things up. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, it brings a little more uh, young potential to the to the Hornets now that uh, Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges is gone. So they kind of well, need that still, excitement back. He's not gone quite yet. Okay, I mean, <laughs> they haven't pulled the qualifying offer yet. So, you know, if he if he suits up for the Hornets again, we'll be furious. But yeah. oh there's a possibility it's still happening. Ah, uh, Michael, don't do this. MJ, come on, man. <laughs> I'll lose all respect. Yeah. Never five pair towards in my life. <laughs> Never. But, I mean, it's kind of... Colin Sexton's options are pretty low now, now that it's the end of the yeah. offseason. A lot of people just can't be traded anyway, so a lot of signing trades are just kind of out of the way. So, I think there's just dominoes to fall. I think, like, you know, once Durant gets traded, once Donovan Mitchell gets traded, maybe a team like the Miami Heat settles and tries to do something to grab him. Or, or you know, someone else. Colin Sexton. Yeah, he might be waiting for some of them just to be fit as salary in a three-team trade somewhere. That could be it. Um, yeah, where they, they're just work. tossing him around the league. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could like to have Colin Sexton. Honestly, I... I, I I would take him on the magic. We uh but we do are we're pretty loaded with guards. You guys have a lot but, of guards though. But yeah. I'll take any scoring at this point. We're we're pretty horribly uh offense, but And now on strictly ball business. We're talking about the top five leaders in the NBA. Dalton, who is the fifth greatest leader in this league? The fifth greatest leader. I wanna start off with my honorable mention. Which is Damian Lillard. He's cool. You son of a bitch, Damian Lillard. <laughs> no, he's a, he was he's six on mine. Honorable mention. I really think he's a good leader. Uh okay. So he's not even five. He's he's, he's honorable mention. He's my honorable on. mention. Okay. But my fifth best leader is Marcus Smart. I think what he was able to do, uh I mean, it's funny because when I first started when we first started watching, he was just kind of that defender guy who's just kind of insane. <laughs> And now he's a, he was a solid leader. He came up and checked him. And that's uh, leadership is what gets you far in the playoffs. And he did a great job. And that's why they went to the finals. So um, we'll see what happens. I do think uh, Malcolm Brogdon is going to help with the major playmaking aspect of them. And I think they're going to be back at the finals. Uh, I think at least conference finals. But I think he was the leader on that team. And that really impressed me. Who's your fifth? Yeah, no, I definitely think that's a great choice. Uh, my fifth is actually Jimmy Butler, uh, a motherfucker I do not like, but I'll give him respect. Um, he's done a great job at bringing his team together and, you know, obviously an already established regime with Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley, but he comes in there and he's the vocal leader and, you know, everybody knows his personality and for him to come in, um, and to be with the Heat, it's really been a perfect match. So uh, I think he's probably been a great leader for everybody around him and probably made guys like Tyler Hero uh, work extra hard. Yeah, uh, 
he's definitely a great leader. Uh, he was a good leader when he wanted to be in Minnesota. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then he didn't want to, and he led his way, way right out of it. Le- or led them yep. back to the lottery. Yeah, yeah. So but, maybe maybe not a great leader in totality. Um, yeah. As a Timberwolves fan, I can attest that I did not love that moment. Um, but on his current squad, the one that he ran off to, he's been a good leader with them. Yeah, he has. <laughs> yeah, he actually ran off to the 76ers first, and then yes, and then, and then he to, ran. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, he's solid. Uh, uh, he would. He, he's a great leader. I will, I'll say that. Yeah. Um, who's your number four? Who's my number four? A lot of people aren't going to like this, but I think the proof is in the pudding. And I think a lot of this is how well they have led and the success of their leading. LeBron James is my fourth. Um, a lot of people won't like him at, at four. A lot of people won't like think he's a leader at all because so many people are so polar. <laughs> but I think uh, this year, he's always been a great leader. He always has been. Uh, that What really led that was when he just carried that that group of bums of Cavaliers to the finals. <laughs> that was a, that was a plus. That was his own skill too. But he is a great leader. People uh, learn next to him. He won. I mean, Anthony Davis won a championship next to him. He was really struggled this year because he had to figure out what to do with Westbrook. Um, but I do still think he's one of the best leaders in the NBA. Um, that's why he's only four because he didn't get that success that, as he normally did. Yeah, I mean, he's that absolutely great leader. Um, you know, I've certainly got him on my list, but, you know, I'll give you a hint. I don't have him at four. Uh, oh. At four, uh, I have uh, none other than Luka Doncic. You know, he's come into the league and as a young guy, been uh, given the tough task of being the leader of his team. But he's taken it um, full stride. He's brought in his team to the conference finals already with a young coach alongside him. And sure. Uh, Jason Kidd's a, a big reason for their success, but everybody knows Luka Doncic is the biggest reason. I mean, he even led Slovenia almost to a, a medal. Like they were yeah. one point away. Basically. Yeah, I mean, he's he is he did come to mind when I was doing this. Uh, it was only how young he was, which shouldn't matter. But I do think all of my five are better leaders than him. But he he could next season he'll probably be he'll definitely be on this list. Yeah. Who you got next? Uh, what do we have? Three. My third best leader in the NBA was Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think uh, he's he just leads it on both ends. He's like, if you're not going to do it, I'll do it. And that's uh, that's yeah. a really admirable uh, way to lead this team. And uh, that's really what made him three. I mean, any other season, he could have been number one. But there's two guys that I think were just always better leaders. But he's, he's amazing. I, I really like the way he leads, too. He's not. Uh, he holds them accountable without chastising anyone. It's super crazy. It's super cool to see, and how he turned into this leader. You, we got to see him grow before our eyes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Giannis, um, amazing player, uh, amazing leader. I also have him as my number three. I think just uh, what he he's become already. He's still so young. We forget. Like he's only twenty six. Um, and to to do what he's done to to lead his team to the championship, to score 50 points in that, and to overcome his weakness of shooting free throws in that game. Um, everybody looks to him and they're like, okay, that's a guy that makes me being willing to play in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to be really good to make someone want to play in Milwaukee. And you got Bobby Porter to sign a four-year contract after playing there on the cheap last year. Yeah. 
And it's even like just his personality. People are like, I just want to play with Giannis. Like Damian Lillard said, he's like, I'd want to play with Giannis. Just, and it's not just because of how good he is. It's just because of how great of a guy he is and a good, awesome leader. Yeah. So that's that that speaks my, volumes. Volumes, yeah. I tell you. Volumes. But uh, uh, Number two, I have LeBron. Um, so yeah. he was on my list. Um, I think um, his career speaks for itself. Like people, if people understand like his pedigree, the fact that there's been so many conversations of Jordan versus LeBron tells you enough uh, yeah. about how amazing he is. And his term in terms of being able to build a team together and get a championship within year one uh, or within a couple of years of bringing the team together. Like, sure, things tend to fall apart fast after that. But would you not uh, take the trade if, if you were in that position, bringing LeBron to your team? Like, I know I'd do it. Sure. Yeah. My team's going to collapse, but I get a championship out of it. Definitely. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. He's, like like I said, he was my four, but the only reason he was four and not higher was because of uh, the record they had this last season and the struggles they went through. Uh, he's terrific. Uh, I'm curious to who, see who you don't have on your list that I have because my top two, I was, like, pretty, like, I'm pretty adamant about. So my number two is Draymond Green. He has been... The vocal leader, he has been the leader in the locker room for these Warriors teams. Granted, Steph Curry, it's not like he doesn't lead at all, but Draymond Green has done everything. He's been huge for the development of the young players. Uh, I know he was a major reason on Gary Payton on his drive and getting him minutes. So he's just been great for this team. And it's probably Draymond that you don't have on your list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one on my list is Chris Paul. Okay. Um, Same. So Same. I think, um, you know, in terms of how quick he was able to get this uh, Suns team over the hump, um, amazing. Yeah, every team that he's been on before, like he's been the vocal leader, he's been the the steering force. Like he's been really considered a wise veteran for like a decade now. <laughs> yeah, and um, he still has the skills to back it up. Sure, he he's not always clutch, but. He pretty often is, and he's he's helped accelerate the talents of a lot of young players. He's helped getting those guys paid, like Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton, yep. um, you know, back on the Clippers, uh, DeAndre Jordan, you know, helping Lob City get, you know, getting those guys the attention. <laughs> and, and Shea, like he, his development towards Shea when he was in OKC for that one year, that's that was almost the most impressive thing of his career. He just took all those guys, like, come on, let's go to the yeah. playoffs, let's go. Yeah, yeah, fucking out of nowhere. Everybody was like, oh, CP3's watched. Like, getting rid of him was supposed to be the chore that season. And then he ended up, you know, showing everybody, like, no, I still got something. Actually, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So, uh, great first. I mean, yeah, everything you said, plus, like, that. I mean, development, he does it all. Like, and I'm surprised he just hasn't won a chance. He's going to be, I think he's going to be the single greatest player to never win a championship. I mean, AI is up there, but I do think everything Chris Paul has done and the semi-success he has had, it's going to be crazy by the, by the longevity of his career through that he didn't win a championship. Yeah, I mean, at least he got the chance to play in one. Um, but I'd say, like, this upcoming season's really, like, last good shot. Uh, that's what this we say it. every year. <laughs> no, I haven't said that. Like, I said, like, the last couple of years, like, I was like, they got a couple of years. Now I'm like, this is the last year. Like, after this, um, sure, they've they've still got guys under contract, but I mean, Chris Paul is getting old and like if the wheels did fall off this last season, so 
professional in terms of health again. So we'll see what happens this year. I think talent is, is probably going to be there every year, but the injuries just seem to come. They always do. What if, uh, what if the season Suns fizzle out at like a fifth seed and then they trade DeAndre Aiden and don't get much back for him because they ha- they're going to have to trade him unless I don't see them repairing this uh, relationship because he's pretty fucked. He's pretty mad. They don't uh, got to trade him. They got him under a max contract. I think he's happy they, now they got paid. I mean, they don't have to, but the Jazz don't have to trade Donovan Mitchell either. But um, but they want to. I mean, that's the difference. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, but they... I don't think the I don't think the Suns want to give up Aiton for nothing. I think like they want to well, use no. him for a star like Durant. Like they they want to hold out till some star, uh, if even if it's not Durant, but till some star can get traded for them. Some teams willing to do it. My point is my point is the Suns are probably nearing the end of uh the, of their big big run. So maybe. Maybe in like yeah. a year or two, he's just like, you know what? I'm going to do a farewell tour, goes to the Clippers, replaces John Wall, wins a championship with Kawhi and Paul George. What a storyline. What I a don't. story. His last season, too. I'd be like, hey, man, Tom, kind of Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> what Tom Brady should have done. Yeah. No, I can see it. I'm down with it. That'd be cool. Bring, brings a championship to LA Clippers, the, the other side of LA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, uh, yeah, he spent a good amount of his career there, so why not? I'd say that's what he's going to be most known for is his, is his time. With uh, I mean, he was, he did have some really solid years with the Hornets, though, like, and like now they are the Pelicans, so that's kind of a difference. But like, what if he went back to New Orleans? Like, they could use a point guard. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I assume it would be him and CJ, him, CJ, uh, Probably Bi would have no, because he's they, they're not gonna have to trade Bi for Chris Paul. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I'd be down for that. Either one will be a good storyline. So I hope he goes back. I, I but watch him just end up on a team. Watch him end up on the Lakers. Watch him end up on the Lakers. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, who knows? I who think knows? Uh, he, he's gonna take his shot to get a championship as long as his body holds up. So. Yeah. I think uh, we'll see how long he plays, but I think those injuries are going to catch up. True, true, true. What do you guys think of uh, our ranking list? How would you guys rank these guys? What's your ranking list look like? Comment below. Let us know. Um, Let's move on to another great point guard that's awesome at playmaking. That's Tyrese Halliburton. Let's do a deep dive. Could he be uh, the next superstar (laughs) in this league? What's his ceiling? What What do you think? I've got Tyrese Halliburton as one of my next superstars in this league because into this upcoming season, he's only going to be 22 years old. And right now, uh, basketball reference has him projected to shoot 42% from three. And they only think he's going to get 16 points per game. But I think, you know, eventually, like he should be getting much more um, volume than that. And at the end of last year, I think like, his time with the Pacers, he was scoring like over 20 points per game. So I'm predicting that he's going to be scoring around 20 points per game this year. And if not like 18 or 19, you know, right below that. And he's going to have really about eight assists as well. He's averaging two steals per game, probably. And that's just in his age 22 season. Like imagine what this guy is going to do when he's 27. Like this guy is no doubt going to be a superstar. As you see other guys uh, leaving the league, 
and your magnifying glass goes to new players, this is going to be a guy that we keep an eye on because his jump shot is unorthodox, but he fucking nails them. They work. And he's a solid passer. He's fun. He smiles while he plays. <laughs> that's a fucking, that's a guy that the uh, league's going to fall in love with. And he's yeah. on the small market pacers, so they need a face to their team. Yeah, I do think there's going to be a point in the history of the in this in the NBA in the coming years where he will be the smartest player in the NBA. Once LeBron leaves, once yeah. Paul leaves, I think I think he's gonna he's gonna be smarter than Luca, uh, the way he is. But I mean, the biggest part of him is his playmaking. Knows the entire offense. You you, you can see he makes the pass before he know, like before they're there. Like he knows the offensive scheme so well. He just knows everyone's location where all the players are. Very much like uh, his situation awareness, like Larry Bird. Larry Bird, not known for his passing, but he was a great passer against triple-doubles because he just knew the offense inside out. So it's great, and, and it's almost to a fault where, like, the only times he gets turnovers is because he'll, like, pass it, and they're not looking. Like, he'll just throw it at them, and, but they're wide open, but they just weren't paying attention, or they didn't get to their spot soon enough, and they just missed. And that's, that's basically all of his turnovers. He has great ball handle. His defense, let's get... Getting into that, able to keep up, stay with the player, staying active, always moving, um, always aware of everyone's position, a- able to bother them even without leaving his defender. He's able to reach over, get into their space, uh, change their what what play they're gonna like. I'm remembering one with with Cat where he was completely out of the play that um, D'Angelo Russell tried to pull him out of like the three, like make make him guard D'Angelo out out past the three, and he did. But he just shifted his body in and like moved a little bit where he could still stay on and guard D'Angelo, but able to get close enough to Cat where Cat couldn't go right, which was his original plan. So he does little things where he just changes each offensive play. So he's just such a smart player. Not the biggest paint paint threat, but like you said, gonna shoot 42%, gonna be gonna be great. Mainly creates uh gets his shots off from catch and shoot, doesn't create much. He does, and he shows he creates it, and that's what I want to see this season. It's him creating his own shot more. Yeah, I definitely think um, he has the ability to do that, and I think having a pick-and-roll partner makes it easier. Right now, um, having Miles Turner, I don't think is the ideal running mate for him. I think that's why they tried to sign uh, DeAndre Ayton, because imagine what DeAndre Ayton would have been like paired with him. Yeah, that would have been... he's. DeAndre Aiden was is almost a perfect fit next to Halliburton because because the spacing is perfect because Halliburton spends very little time in the paint he does not do much inside so uh but a pick and roll a guy like Aiden to maneuver that that'd be awesome yeah. that'd be one of the craziest it would, it would open everything up yeah so I think they're definitely looking for a guy like that and maybe they can still trade for um DeAndre Aiden like you said if um uh, earlier, you said uh, DeAndre Ayton maybe doesn't want to be in Phoenix. Maybe um, Phoenix eventually just takes the Miles Turner buddy healed offer because they're like, okay, nothing better is coming along. That's at least giving us a couple solid players to help us get a championship this year because they have to put out their best effort this year. I don't think like, um, I mean, if they run it back with the exact same roster this year, who knows? I don't want to get Suns talk again, but, but um, Tyrese Halliburton, is a great player i think you get alongside a pick and roll player next to him you you see what's going to be available for that in the next couple of years and you're doing great you already drafted a, a solid score in benedict matherin who's mm-hmm. going to be next to him 
So I think, you know, that should open things up as well. And you cleared Brogdon out of there. Who You lose some on uh, the veteran end, but you open. Now all of the keys are given yeah. to Halliburton now. He needed is full range of the offense. Yeah, you, yeah, you to needed that. to do that because, like, um, otherwise Halliburton's just going to play little brother um, to Malcolm Brogdon. And you need you need Malcolm Brogdon just to get out of there and be in a new situation. Um, for the Pacers, you got mostly a young squad. I think you're still looking to trade Miles Turner. Um but you, you draft Benedict Matherin, and that way you at least have, um, you know, another young dude next to him who's going to look up to Halliburton as a guy who's already done something in the league. But I don't know. I don't know if you've heard Benedict Matherin talk, but he doesn't really look up to anyone. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard him talk about that. that, that that's kind of what I want to hear out of the guy. But they still got O'Shea Brissett. I like him. Um, there's yeah. still a chance they can get Aiton. I'm mean, the only reason they didn't get him, aside from the fact that the Suns matched his offers. The Suns were, try- were, were trying to figure out a three-team trade, including the Pacers. But the Pacers were like, fuck it, we're going to offer... They, they did this risky thing where they're like, we're going to offer him the max. Let's see if the Suns offer it. And they did. So there's still a chance as uh, um, they come They're along. just tired of waiting around. Yeah, like, they just wanted him. So <clears throat> They're like, we're we tired can't wait till you figure around. out your shit with Durant. Like, mm-hmm. like that's not our problem. Yeah, they're like we just we just want eight, so that, that they kind of jumped the gun on it. Uh, it was kind of it, it would have been one of the smartest moves ever if they didn't match, but because they matched, it was a risk. I mean, I understood they, why they I get put it, the yeah. offer sheet out there. They had to call, try and call their bluff, um, mm-hmm. and like worst case scenario is that the Suns match it. Maybe if you're the Pacers, you get to trade from later on, but you still have the cap space, so it's not a real harm. Yeah. But uh, back to Tyrese, I'm super excited for when they get like uh, more solid, like more comfortable uh, scores next to him to see the offense he can run with the tools. Give him the tools to do it like different guys like your Tobias Harris, Harrison Barnes, Nikola Vucevic of the world that are just off ball that just defeat off great playmakers. So like when you get guys like that, I can't wait to just give him the tools and we'll see what he can do. I, I'm excited to see where he, this guy can go. I do yeah. think he's going to be a because so if you all just jumble this up, season, I'm predicting. I don't know about all star this season. I don't think the Pacers are going to be this good season. Doesn't matter. He's making it. Dejounte Murray made it in last year on a bad Spurs team. I think okay. Tyrese Halliburton can do. It. Yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. He. Uh, I do think. I don't. Not that he can't be the number one on a team. I do think he will be the number two only because he's a primary playmaker like that. I do think he will need like a superstar next to him for the uh, Pacers to win a championship. Not that he's not a number one, only because he's a pass-first player. Yeah, no, I definitely think they need more around him, but we're going to see what Matherin's like, and they tried to get Aiden, so I know that they're interested in getting talent, so we'll see who becomes available later on. Yeah. What do you guys think? Do you think Tyrese Halliburton is going to be an all-star, superstar? You know, you think he's never going to make it? He's going to be a Mike Conley, CJ Cullum of this world? You let us know. Comment below. Uh, another guy I know you're excited to talk about is Evan Mobley. So what's his cap? What's he going to do? He's with a great Cavs team. He's he's turned out to be, I mean, a very good top three pick. So what, what, what do you think? Well, Evan Mobley... Um... I, is going to be a superstar in this league. Like, no doubt. This is a guy who has shooting potential. We haven't necessarily seen him uh, light it up from the three yet. 
but I think this is a guy um, that we've seen shoot it for mid-range at least, so maybe he can branch it out later on in his career. And at the very least, he's a great post scorer. He can block about two shots a game, so bare minimum, giving you solid defense there. And like immediately, uh, that was really the thing that you worry about with a rookie uh, big man is his defensive abilities. And maybe being next to Jared Allen helps him. I'm sure it does. Uh, but he looked great. I mean, defensively, I had no problem with him out there for a rookie. He's going into his second year. And I think this is a guy who could eventually look like a defensive player of the year. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I really think he's going to, after Gobert, he's, it's his turn. I think he's going to be one of the, uh, the defensive all-star of the East. I think he's going to be insane. I can't wait to see it. Um, he's so physical. And so, it's like, he looks like a lanky guy, but when you watch him play, he does not act like it. His athleticism, his mobility, it's all there. Great handle. He has, like, a Giannis-like handle for his size. And that's super cool to see. Um, physical, his timing is great. He gets blocks, able to get these rebounds. I no one's to jump. Um, knows when to stop when he's rolling. He's just a smart player to see at this age. Um, he's not afraid of contact. However, he just can't finish through contact as well. <laughs> not afraid of it, but he he'll get there. I do think he'll get there. Um, he he does struggle with a little defensive pressure. He when a when a play breaks down so when he goes it backs up he kind of he fumbles a lot he just lobs the pat tries to lob the pass outside and it's not able to get there he could make the if there's an easy pass right in front of him he can make that i don't see him making the next pass and nor does he need to be however what he does need to do is know how to pass it out and he does not do a great job because he gets so flustered when a, when an offensive play breaks down and the defense stops him he just kind of like freaks out and either throws up a wild hook or just shoots it that's that's something he needs to solidify i don't need him to average three assists a game i just need him to make those those crisp passes out and uh learn how to get himself out of traffic yeah no i definitely agree and i think um that's a typical weakness for a big man so yeah. hopefully it's something he can refine and i think it's something that can just get better at playing yeah. games like man is is only going to be 21 next year so I think he's got plenty of time to work on that skill. Yeah, that's more of a comfort comfortability thing, not a skill thing. Guy has to get comfortable yeah. down below. Some he's players never do, game, granted, man. but he. I, I think he'll get there. He certainly has that mindset. I mean, um, I would like to see more instances. I mean, they tried it a bunch at the beginning of the season, but I would like to see the more instances of his catch and shoot, catch and pop. I mean, he's a nice. He's just not big enough to be a massive rolling threat, which he is. He, he is because of his height and everything, and he can finish. But I'd like to see a little more pop because of his height. Uh, I think to spread it out to mid-range, maybe start there. Uh, some catch and shoot on the three, possibly. Get, he's got the spacing with uh, Jared Allen there. So um, I'd like to see that a lot more from him. I know he didn't shoot that efficiently, but maybe more within yeah. more practice he can get there. Yeah, no doubt. I think, um, you know, it's just he's got a long way to go in that. But I think he just needs to have uh some more opportunities and you know he's got an all-star point guard with darius garland so that should help him out hopefully long term oh yeah you know it's definitely a better situation than most big men have to deal with yeah i think he will um if not this season the season he will emerge to be the second best player on this team uh no doubt and yeah. it'll very well be like uh he'll be the gobert of the east just uh maybe a little more offensively he'll be a superstar because gobert I consider Gobert a two-star, a two-tier um, 
all star, a superstar like a Bradley Beal, where like he obviously needs something else. Because, but he's an all, second tier because of how good his defense is. Gobert. So, yeah. um, I think he can become. I don't know about a one tier. I do think he can be a two tier. Two tier still, just. More they can get as good as Bam Adebayo, I think. Yeah, I, if not better, I think he can be better than Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo, yeah. I see as like a three tier, but yeah, definitely, I'm super excited to see where he goes. He's gonna be a gonna be a great excitement to watch, especially. I mean, I didn't think the Jared Allen and Mobley is gonna work, and that's the that's not the part that didn't work this season. Yeah, that that part worked fine. It was just they needed to find a good a good uh, some good wings next to Darius. Yep, exactly. I mean. We'll see what happens. I think uh, they, they've got plenty of talent on that Cavs team, and they were like looking like a top four team in the East for a lot of last season. And there's been some shakeup in the East, so who knows? They could be really good again next year. I think yeah. uh, they've certainly got the talent. Yeah, I mean, in the playoffs, they showed that they were inexperienced and they needed more veterans, so they went out and got a bunch of veterans. <laughs> so uh, yeah. it's smart moves. Do you ever think, do you see down the road that they will double down and be like, you know what? We want Mobley as our center. We want him to lock down the paint instead of Jared Allen. And then Jared Allen's off to the wayside, whether it be free agency or they get trade, traded him. You think he's going to be a power forward for his whole career, or do you think they're going to eventually just move him back to center? I think eventually he'll probably get moved back to center, but it'll probably be just when a different player that's better than Jared Allen becomes available, and then they trade you know, Allen for him. They do like some kind of package like that. Because, you know, maybe it's a three or a two man. I don't know who it is, but I'm sure at some point that's probably the way they want to go. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you probably get smaller. Okay. Yeah, I see that. I, I'm not convinced yet. I think it's, I think him being next to Jared Allen does because I did say he's physical and everything, but like he is still smaller, skinnier guy. I think gives him more time to bulk up and get that uh, pre- inside presence more. So it's a lot buffer time where he still gets to play as a big man, but he's not responsible for locking down the paint as uh, Jared Allen is yeah. at this point. So I think I think it certainly do- is helping his development. So I think he can almost live out his whole rookie contract as a power forward, but I think eventually I would like to see him as a center, especially yeah. with the mobility he has. I mean, that'd be crazy. Right. No, I definitely, um, definitely think it could work out. Um, I think it just depends on like how much defense you're getting back in a different player, because that's why they're doing the twin tower thing right now. Cause defensively it works. Yeah. Um, so like if like they can get a better offensive player, who's not a huge drop off on defense, that's probably the only reason you move on from Allen at some point. Okay. Yeah. I see that. But- Perfect. What do you guys think? Is he going to be an all-star? Is he going to be a superstar? You think he's ever going to get traded? Let us know your predictions for the career of Evan Mobley. Comment yes. below. Let someone know. Yes. All right. Uh, that was Strictly Ball Business, guys. Uh, episode 48. So well, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you made it this far, you might as well subscribe. Yeah, might as well. You want to hear us more? I love talking to you guys. Hey. There you go. So, you know, till next time, we'll see Strictly Ball Business, where we strictly talk basketball. Tune in next time.